Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food. My guest this afternoon on Digging in the Dirt is Cammie McBride. Cammie is the author of The Herbal Kitchen. She has developed and taught herbal curriculum for the master's program at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco and at the University of California, San Francisco School of Nursing. A clinical herbalist for at least the last 25 years, she has been teaching people to grow and use herbs in their daily lives for everyday common ailments. Cammie teaches hands-on herbal programs focused on sustainable wellness practices and revitalizing our relationship with the plant world. Her popular course, Cultivating the Herbal Medicine Woman Within, is an experiential herbal studies program that empowers people to use herbal medicine in their daily lives for home wellness care. Welcome, Cammie. It's a distinct pleasure having you here. Oh, good. Thanks, Kevin. I love this show and, and so glad to be here. Well, before we get to your book, The Herbal Kitchen, let me ask you something. I, I was at your website and I want to know what's the philosophy behind calling it living awareness? Living awareness, for me, it, it just means having more awareness in our lives, living with more awareness, whether that be about our food, our medicine, our body literacy. So for me, I was raised kind of standard American food, standard American, you know, like what was important was getting your driver's license, brushing your teeth, uh, you know, just super basics. And I wasn't really raised with any kind of body literacy or plant literacy or really that much awareness about the earth. And so I really wanted to create a place where people could, where it wasn't just one thing, you know, because although herbal medicine teaching, helping people you demystify the world of herbal medicine is my focus, when you do that, you it's also so much about learning about your body and how your body works and and what I call body literacy. And so it just it, it encompasses more than than um, than herbal medicine awareness. <laughs> oh, great! Well, I love the name of it. I I read on one of your sites that every woman throughout time has taken some kind of plant and some kind of fat and put them together and used it as medicine. In bygone era, women with your knowledge and skills would probably have been labeled a witch. Talk to us about the tradition of the medicine woman, the rich tradition of women taking oil, tinctures, and teas to cure what ails us. Well, what we do as women is we nurture. We nurture life. We nurture ourselves. We nurture and care for the people around us. And so it's hard and it's hard work for any moms or anybody listening. You know, you don't have to be the mom, you can be the dad, any family member, grandparents caring for um, children and nieces and nephews, you know, just anybody. We care for people and we nurture. And it's something that you don't realize it when you when you sign up for the job that you you are Dr. Mom. You are the one that's in charge of making sure people don't get sick, making sure that when people do get sick, they don't get everyone else sick. And then when people do get sick, making sure it doesn't go on and on and on and on, right? And so at this point now, for so many people, it means calling up the advice nurse and being told to take Tylenol. <laughs> You know, we are living in an impoverished state of our capacity to really prevent illness and care for people once, you know, to prevent sickness. And so as 
you know, traditionally, it, and for most of the world still, that's not true. Women enlist the healing power of the plants to help them with this task of caring and nurturing life. And so, the, the, the role of the medicine woman can be the household herbalist, the person that just really gets, gets the herbs into the food and uses herbs preventively in the food, or you can take it further and become someone that heals not only your family or other people, but the medicine person, again, there's many different levels of medicine people, but really what I am focused on is helping every caretaker, every head of, you know, there needs to be one person in your home or your community that is studying or learning about how to use plants for healing. We can just do so much more when we enlist the help of the plants. And, you know, people can become, you know, quote, herbalists, or we can be home herbalists. That's building the skill of using herbs from our garden, in our food every day. And that's what I really love to help empower people with. Great. Do you think that the first world has lost more of this stuff? I'm talking about, like, you know, industrialized America, for instance, and that we've lost a lot of that tradition. And, and you also see it coming back in through the work of like yourself and other people who are just interested in it. Yes, absolutely. We, um, you know, we here in the United States, for the most part, um, not all cultures and not all people. But certainly the, the the household that I came from and the 95% of my students came from, it was lost. We had cultural disruption where, um, you know, we were mesmerized by the pharmaceutical companies. We're on third, fourth, fifth generation pharmaceutical focused healthcare. With that focus, we lost the art of home herbalism. People throughout all their grandmother's teas and soups and bought into modern medicine. And so this cultural disruption can be one generation, two generation, three generations, where nobody in your household really understands how to use food preventively and how to use herbs for prevention. And so we are looking at so much of our chronic illness that so many people suffer from is is really a part of not having that skill in the home. And I absolutely see an incredible, incredible herbal renaissance happening right now. I've been teaching for over 30 years. I've been helping families really learn how to build their confidence and skill using herbs for over 35 years. 30 years ago, it was just like, oh my God, you're crazy. 20 years ago, it was like, oh, well, that's, hmm, I, I might hurt myself. Now there are hundreds of thousands of people onboarding into the herbal world right this minute, realizing that, that we, you know, we've got a, a little bit of a fast track. We've got to learn, remember how to use these herbs again to help prevent illness and to help illness not last as long once we, if we do get sick. So yeah, there's, there's an incredible movement happening right now and it's very inspiring. So that brings us to your book, The Herbal Kitchen. You wrote it, I read that to provide information necessary to prepare, store, and use herbs and create a long-term healthcare plan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? Because this is about incorporating herbs into your diet on a regular basis and using recipes that you provide. Right. So the thing is, is, you know, for all the gardeners out there or wannabe gardeners or beginning gardeners, 
the herbal kitchen is what, basically what we do is we bring the harvest of the earth in our home to heal ourselves, whether it be the food, the vegetables, or the herbs. We fill our cupboards and pantries with fresh pesticide-free food and put it in the pantry. And your herbal kitchen is where you do the same thing, except for you do it with herbs. And, you know, so many people... Kevin, when they hear of herbal medicine, it's like kind of a big, overwhelming world, right? And an herbal kitchen doesn't mean you have to be some great creative chef. <laughs> and you don't have to know about the latest, greatest, all these herbs that you don't never heard of. No, it's about having herbs that you like and know at the ready, right? So I talk about taking your your kitchen pantry, your kitchen staples, your um, your kitchen condiments and filling them with herbs. So again, for me, what an herbal kitchen means is again, you don't have to be a great herbal chef or something. You don't even have to really be that great of a cook. You can just learn how to take your kitchen staples and fill them with herbs. So what, I, what do I mean by that? Like we already, our kitchen staples are things like vinegar, right? Everybody uses vinegar, butter, honey, olive oil, right? Salts. And you can take your dried herbs and there's all, you know, my book, the herbal kitchen has 250 recipes. <laughs> um, so you can, you can take these kitchen th staples that you use every day. Like I said, like your oil, vinegar, butter, honey, salts, and fill them in with herbs in creative ways so that those staples, those kitchen condiments are, they're infused with all kinds of amazing herbal flavor that has time to meld and blend and infuse so that when you go to use it, it really tastes good. Because one of the things about herbs in your cooking is a lot of times things need to marinate, right? You've, everybody marinades. But if you've already got the herbs in all these staples, then when you go to use your vinegar or your oil or your butter or your honey or whatever you use, it's already filled with herbal flavor. And the thing is, is that we think of using herbs for flavor, right? But the, the herbs are not just for flavor. These herbs that are in your kitchen staples, they are all, every herb in your pantry is what we call a carminative. And carminative herbs help increase your digestive capacity. So these herbs are not just there for flavor. They are there to help you digest your food you know, whether it be rosemary, sage, or thyme, or ginger, cinnamon, and clove, all of these herbs are, they are the worker horse plants of the world. They are actually the bridge to your digestion. So if you're growing great organic homegrown food, that's good, but it's only as good as you, as you're able to digest it. And these herbs, the, all of these herbs and spices by getting them into your kitchen um, pantry items, what happens is that it helps you to digest all of your food better and increase the nutritional uptake of any food that you eat. And that is powerful medicine. Mm -hmm. Definitely sounds great. It sounds like that you want people to have it readily available. You know, don't go around looking for it and go into the store to buy it. You should grow it and prepare it and make your things that you're going to need to make your recipes and get the most benefit out of these herbs. Right. Sure. You can, you can buy stuff at the store, but as you know, when you grow it yourself, it costs a fraction, <laughs> right? And you get so much more. I mean, you can grow so much herbs and, and then it, what happens is it really starts to change the culture. 
you know, you start growing all these herbs, you start giving them away, you start, starts to become the main conversation. Pretty soon it's holiday time and you start making gifts <laughs> out of what you're growing. And I say that a culture begins in the kitchen. And when you start infusing your kitchen with all these herbs, things change, things change the way you relate to the earth. And also it changes your health. You know, we're, I was raised with, um, you know, kind of the stand of American symptom suppressive mindset, you know, like you got a headache, take a blue pill, you got a stomachache, take a green pill. So we're always kind of looking for that big, quick fix. But one of the things when we start working with herbs is we start to change that mindset. And we start to realize that it's the everyday things that we do, the every, you know, every meal, getting that digestive support at every meal, supporting your digestion at every meal, hmm. increasing your enzyme intake with your herbs. All it, when you start doing that stuff every day, what happens is your, your health changes, things change. And we know now that 70% of our immune system originates in the digestive tract. And so we're, you know, the big topic is it's all about immune system now, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can actually change your immunity and fortify your immunity every day by having these herbal kitchen condiments that you add, you know, you have your herbal salt that you add that's full of antimicrobial digestive supporting herbs. And you can, you can boost your immunity every day at every meal instead of like going for these big quick fixes. So let's talk about some of the things you recommend. You have a top five or six that absolutely must be in your, in your larder. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of depends. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite garden herb? <laughs> oh, well, I'm crazy. I have, this year we had seven different basils in my garden. Oh, yeah. And we use a lot of basil. Some of them, a friend of mine who's even crazier than I am gave me these and they're absolutely pungent, excellent, different kinds of basils. But I also, you know, I really enjoy having fresh thyme in the garden. But I, besides the top, 10 hits, you know, that everybody grows thyme and sage and, and oregano and basil. What, what else should we have in the garden right outside the window? Yeah, well, so one of the things that people always think like they need to learn the next best thing or the next thing. And what I go back to is really what are your favorites? And those are the ones that you focus on. And you can, you can infuse those things into everything. And the thing is, is that you know, that spice rack, that just those basic basil thyme, rosemary, sage, um, those, th those, those plants are powerful apothecary plants. And again, people just think that, you know, like they're there for flavor, but your spice rack and those, those herbs, those common culinary herbs like basil, like thyme, they are powerful herbal medicine. And you really don't need to know a lot more than that. You can just focus on learning all the medicinal uses that those plants have. And so you're talking about basil. Basil is a powerful digestive aid. It's incredibly antimicrobial. It helps fights off flu, virus, bacteria. It's also a circulatory stimulant. So it, it, it increases, enhances memory and circulation. I really encourage people to just go with the plants that they love the most, because one of the things that we're dealing with is overwhelm. Oh, I need to know this. I need to know the next thing. I need to know more than what I know. And I'm helping people simplify like, no, let's just go back to that time. 
you know, that time, again, not only is it a powerful carminative, when, when you support digestion, you support immunity. It's antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. It um, helps open the lungs and disinfect the lungs. So thyme is one of the best herbs to just get it into your salad dressing, put it on everything you eat. Like it, your spice rack is, in a, is just waiting for you to remember that it's, it's a powerful apothecary. So I think, you know, even just sticking with basil, thyme and oregano is so powerful. But there's a couple other ones that I think maybe are a little bit less, um, you know, people don't think of right off the bat. And that is fennel. The seed okay. of the fennel, Funiculum vulgaris, that's, you know, that plant is super easy to grow. Be careful. It'll take over your whole garden, right? One plant has five, 5,000 trillion seeds, <laughs> right? And you don't wow. plant it near the waterways because it'll take over the waterway. But you get that fennel and you harvest those seeds. And those seeds, they help with digestion. They're a lung tonic. They're a digestive tonic. They help um, with gas, bloating, upset stomach, colic, children's nervousness, right? So fennel seed is, is one of the ones that's you know not as popular, super easy to grow, and have has just dozens of uses, right? Just so, so amazing. The other one that I really love is um, coriander. You know, oh. you grow your cilantro sure. and you let it go to seed. Love and it. that seed is in, so good for uh, so many things. Hmm. Yeah, I love coriander. I love cilantro. So it's one of our favorites here in the house. I also was reading some of your stuff and I started adding it to some of my recipes just as a little dash here and a dash here. You really seem to like cinnamon and turmeric. It's another one you had that said it was a must. Like I guess garlic is all, I mean, in this household, we use heads and heads of garlic. So oh, what, yeah, what, garlic. What, what is the value of cinnamon and, and things like turmeric? Yeah, well, um, turmeric is the most Googled herb right now. You mm -hmm. know, it's the most popular plant on the, you know, herb on the planet. And it's, um, you know, it, it's one of those ones that the flake, it's, you can add it to a lot of different things. Um, we put it in our salad dressings. We use it in our marinades. We do, I do a turmeric salt and it's incredibly anti-inflammatory. And so many of our chronic diseases right now are inflammatory based, you know, all of our allergies, our asthma, our arthritis, our inflammatory based diseases. Turmeric is really known for reducing, you know, it's known for many things, but it's really good to just get it into your food to help reduce that inflammation. And cinnamon, you know, I could talk for a whole day on the benefits of cinnamon, but it again, it's powerful digestive aid. You know, when you think of using cinnamon, what do you think of using it with, right? Like, um, baking. Right. Cookies, oatmeal, all that, right? Mm -hmm. So what's amazing is that cinnamon helps you to digest the the um, all the fat that's in baking, like, uh, like in your, your cheesecake or your, uh, all, uh, on all the grains, like you put it in your oatmeal and your cookies and all of that. Those foods are hard to digest. And when I say hard to digest, I mean, it takes a lot of energy you know, it takes a lot of your vitality and you're more fatigued after you eat those kind of foods. And when you put cinnamon in them, you have more energy because the cinnamon is specific for helping you to digest that food. Cinnamon also helps with blood sugar. It's a powerful antimicrobial. It's one of the first herbs we reach for. We make a tea of cinnamon and ginger, a mm -hmm. hot tea. If you're starting to catch a cold, incredible antimicrobial herb. One of the best cold care herbal teas is uh, a cinnamon ginger, hot cinnamon ginger tea. 
Yeah. So we're talking to Cammie McBride. She's the author of The Herbal Kitchen. It's a fabulous little book with uh, lots of information in it. Like she said, 250 recipes to help you use all the different herbs and spices that you have around your yard or in your cabinet. One thing, Cammie, that I think people right now are very interested in is protecting their family from colds and flu. And what about boosting the immune system to protect us against this um, plague going on? On right now, the COVID-19. Yeah. So one of the things I would say is to get herbs and spices into every single meal, every meal. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So what I do is I have people, um, you know, like, you know, those little lazy Susans, I have mm-hmm. people get a lazy Susan and get some salt and pepper shakers and actually put cinnamon on the table, paprika, turmeric. And so you start, um, instead of just, you, you go beyond salt and pepper, instead of just sprinkling salt and pepper on your food, you are sprinkling, sprinkling thyme and paprika and you train your family to spice their own meals and uh-huh. put more because see if your if your herbs and spices are in the cabinet like you're it's good you know you're up you have to the cook has to be you know the spice wielder but when you have a you know I've trained hundreds and hundreds of families to do this and what it does is it gets everyone else you know you they're like oh what's this what's that and I have lots of different spice blends and then what happens is you start getting these antimicrobial herbs into every single meal then you're fighting off microbes every day, three times a day, right? And then also you, with those antimicrobial, with those herbs and spices, again, they're, they're gut building, they're gut boosting, gut promotion. They promote the gut health. And whenever you support gut health, you are supporting the immune system. And I think this is something that people are not realizing, you know, it's like, sure, wear a mask, wash your hands, but you build your gut, Mm-hmm. You know, support your immune system that lives in your digestive tract. And the best way to do that is when you eat. And that is really the number one thing that every single person can do right now with something they already have in their kitchen. It's sort of, it's like building up a tolerance, like you get, getting enough all the time in your body that you're resisting these attacks on the body from something like a virus. That's right. You are, you're constantly, it's, it's the small everyday acts, you know, it's like, instead of, it's kind of like, you know, you reduce your stress, you're going to like, just let your stress build and build and build all day, every day, and then take a two week vacation. Or are you going to, are you going to find something to lower your stress a little bit every day? It's like that. It's like it, it adds up over time. Every time you support your digestive system, you free up your body's energy to go fight off that, you know, if it's been exposed to something. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a little, you know, again, we're, I was trained, you know, with kind of like quick fix, big fix. And really it's about these kind of, these kind of, this everyday support. Makes sense to me. So there's different things you can do. You can make your more herbal appetizers, you say, uh, seasonal healing teas, make your own spice blends, stuff like that. And then one that really interests me is the herbal body oils or, and you call them one remedy to rule them all. Why, why do you say that? (laughs) Yeah, because everybody eats oil. Everybody uses oil. Everybody has to have fat every day, you know? And if you don't have fat, you start to get grouchy. <laughs> because your brain needs 10% saturated fat every day. You're you're we need fat. And so if you can infuse that olive oil with some dried basil or, or some dried turmeric, I have some really good um, culinary oil recipes. 
and you, you start putting the, the little bit of dash of those herbal oils on your food and every, it just changes everything. It's so delicious. And it's such a great way to, to get the herbs into your body. Because again, we, we crave fat, we need fat. And part of our inflammatory conditions is because we're eating fats that aren't that great for us. Um, we're eating all the hydrogenated oils, the partially hydrogenated oils. And so if you can just make sure you have good olive oil and infuse it with some herbs, I have some really good herbal oil uh, recipes that, you know, you just drizzle that on your cooked vegetables and it's like gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> so what about dri- what about drizzling it on your body? I mean, what about rubbing some oils that are like herbal preparations too into your skin? Because I saw you said that if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, you don't put it on your skin. That's right. So I have a, an entire course called Handcrafted Healing Herbal Oils, where I train people how to make topical oils. It's a little bit different from like all the internal stuff we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that um, your skin, if your skin is dry, then your nerves are dry. Your nerves and your lymph live right below your skin. And if your skin is dehydrated and dry, then that means your lymph and your nerves are dry. And so keeping your skin moisturized and hydrated is one of the best things you can do because your lymph carries what? Your lymph carries your immune system. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we don't think of supporting uh, preventing COVID or preventing colds by keeping our skin moisturized, but it does because when your skin is moisturized, your lymph flows and also your nerves do not work that well in a dehydrated environment. And so keeping your skin moisturized and oiled helps with anxiety, uh, tension, stress. Hmm. Which one do you recommend? I mean, is there is there one herb and an oil that works together? I mean, I put an olive oil on your your body, right? You can use olive oil. You can use coconut oil. I teach people how to uh, infuse herbs into their oils. Mm-hmm. So things like um, we make calendula oil. We make St. Uh, John's wort oil. And so just to be really clear, we're not talking about essential oils. Like we are not talking about essential oils okay. at all. We're talking about herbal infused oils. And we put calendula and lavender and chamomile and rose petals. And we make these incredible herbal infused oils that you can turn into salves and lotion and, and just replace so many body care products with just a couple herb with, you know, two or three ingredients. And the, and one of the big problems right now, if you're talking about preventing, um, you know, colds and flu and just sickness, we, part of our susceptibility is because we are swimming in chemicals and part of that chem, yeah. a big part of that chemical soup is our body care products. We have, there are the FDA, there's nobody controlling what chemicals go into your body care products. Um, people think that there is, but there's not. And so there's 80,000 different chemicals that can be put into your deodorant, your makeup, your lotion, your shampoo, your chapstick. And so supporting your health is really about getting those chemicals off your body. And you can um, replace that with these incredible herbal, very simple herbal infused oils. Yeah. You know, we could do another show on that subject all alone. For sure. I know. I was like, okay, let's go there. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little bit. That's all, you know, I want to touch on a little bit, but the other thing is that your skin is, I mean, uh, is an incredible organ. I mean, it's the, biggest organ right on the body and, and it absorbs a lot. How much of something that you infuse like an oil does it really absorb? Are you getting a lot through the skin? You get some, you know, it's not like we're taking it orally and you, you know, you're digesting mm-hmm. it. 
But the thing is, is that, yeah, your skin is the largest organ in the body, organ in the body and what you put on it, you eat, you know, you, your skin eats and anything that you put, you know, anything that you put on it, you want to think about what that is and your blood. If you, if you put it on your skin, it goes into your blood. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have a great experiment that I give my students. I have them take raw garlic and rub it on the bottom of their feet. And you can try this. Okay. And within a few minutes, you will have garlic breath. No. The oil, try it. Okay. The oils from the garlic enter the blood and you can taste it. Right. <laughs> so you really want to be careful with what you put on your skin. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, my garlic that I grow is so oily that I know that probably would happen. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, something I I didn't tell you before we came on the air is that years ago, quite a few years ago, I shot, wrote, and directed a documentary called Managing Menopause Naturally. And mm. it, it was, I interviewed Tiarona Lodog, Marcy Shapiro, nice. Andrew Weil, plus many, many more. I mean, it was, I thought there was, it was a pretty good documentary. Not too well known. Its initial title was Celebrating Menopause. And it was changed to Managing Menopause Naturally. But I, I wanted just to touch on herbs that can help women in in menopause and because that back then they were talking about black cohosh and chaseberry and things like that are, are those still herbs that get used by women in menopause and if if not or if so and are there others yeah absolutely i mean herbs can help you with every phase of your life and it's not necessarily just like the herb for this it's like you really want to look at like what each woman is dealing with because every woman experiences her cycle whatever part of her cycle differently and so you want to work with the whole person and definitely when working with menstruation menopause and postmenopause vitex is def- both of those herbs are still used but it's And it's like, you want to take care of the woman. Like what is, you know, does she need more support? You know, like motherwort is an herb that a lot of people use and some women, they deal with things. So, you know, every woman has different symptoms. And so you have to really, it's like person by person really, but I like to work with motherwort. And I also work a lot with oat straw and all of the nervines, blue vervain, and, and yeah, to really reach out to like a holistic practitioner or a naturopath or a Chinese medicine person and get support. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, what herb do I take for this? It's like you, we all deserve one-on-one holistic support where somebody that has a, a repertoire of holistic remedies will take an hour with us. Oh my gosh, an hour. <laughs> We're all used to being stuffed into 10 minutes. No, you work with somebody for an hour and you have them listen to your story and then they will put together an herbal formula that's unique for you. And we all deserve that kind of care, right? Yep, absolutely. And which brings us to this idea, the one thing we should touch on is that some of these herbs are quite powerful. Do you have any rules or, you know, sort of guidelines for using herbs that protect us against negative effects or, you know, overuse or bad combinations with medicines? Something we want to keep in mind when we're, you know, adding herbs into our diet? If you're on medications or you're really dealing with a specific uh, health challenge, I really recommend that you get someone on your team and don't you that's you can Google that till the end of the earth. And there is no one uh, rule that 
you have to know herb by herb, each herb and each part of the herb. It's, it's such a vast world. And so again, if you're on medications or dealing with a health challenge, I really invite you to, to get the help that you deserve, the support you deserve. And then that's, so this brings us back, Kevin, to why I focus on the herbal kitchen, because it's a way that everybody can empower themselves without risk. And, and it's, it's really where to start is your herbal kitchen, like adding these condiments, these basic staples to your food every day in small amounts and let it add up that way. That is the safest way to get started, to have it done, have it, you know, because when you start doing two pills, three times a day of an isolated extract, you can get into trouble. And then the, the study of herbalism becomes overwhelming and you say, oh, whatever, <laughs> I don't have time for that. That's why I really want to invite people to activate your herbal kitchen because it's safe. It's simple. It's already there. You just have to like do a few things and it's the way you decide, oh, I'm going to learn more about this one herb or I'm going to learn more about this. And it's not overwhelming. It's something that comes from within you in your own kitchen. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Cami McBride here on Digging in the Dirt. She's a clinical herbalist and has written a book that you might want to check out called The Herbal Kitchen. I'm going to finish up with asking you what I ask a lot of my guests. Are you optimistic? Do you, I mean, there's a lot of negativity on the plate these days in, in our lives, and we're all kind of stressed out and everything. It seems to me from what I'm hearing from you is that you feel there is some kind of sea change happening. There are people embracing this softer side of nature and the world. And do you think that this going to continue? Do you think this could uh, possibly help us change our ways? You know, I just, I don't think we have a choice. (laughs) And I would have just crumbled up into a cave a long time ago if I didn't focus on solutions. And so my strategy is uh, when I get overwhelmed with all the panic and fear and chaos and everything that's happening right now, I just go back to what is my gift? What is my focus? What can I do to help? And I focus on one thing or two things, because when you start talking about all of it, it's stifling. And so if if each person finds what's really in your heart, I mean, herbalism was something that welled, you know, when I started, it wasn't an option. It was this weird thing, but it welled up so strongly in my heart that I couldn't stop it. And so what is that for you? What is it that just is, oh, that you love so much that you want to protect or you want to contribute to? And when each of us really come finds that place within us that, that we really want to give and help and support, I think that that's where we need to go and, and to, to, to have, give people permission to really focus on what's the love in your heart? What is the love in your heart? what is it that you feel most moved by right now? And so for me, I, f- I feel very moved by, um, by the, the, the plants and the herbs and, and, and yeah, there's a reason why people, you know, this was a heck of a gardening year, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely was. <laughs> My garden I've several, had in years. <laughs> yeah, I have several friends that own nurseries, garden nurseries that have owned them for over 25 years. And they said this was the biggest year in their history of Wonderful. 25 to 30 years. And so there's a reason for that. We're remembering the earth gives us everything, right? She gives yeah. us everything. Inclu- so including I, solace. <laughs> I'm hopeful. Very good. Well, Cami McBride, thank you so much for being my guest. It was a distinct pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for this show and all the work that you do, Kevin. Okay. Bye-bye. Digging in the dirt. 
the dirt. You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. 